The enemy may roar, but God is with us. Shalom! Thank you for joining us for the sermon from June 19th, 2022 from Christ Church, Jerusalem. The enemy is like a roaring lion seeking prey to devour. His raging can stir fear in our hearts and minds. Deacon Rosemary Saunders, through the stories of Elijah and the demoniac legion, shows us how God defends us and ministers to our broken places. We begin with the lectionary readings. The first readings is from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1-15. through 15. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Then he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is Psalm 27, the magnificent Psalm 27, which I'm sure many of you know quite well. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war breaks out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Surely this is the word of the Lord. Please stand with me for the reading of the gospel. Be reading from the epistle of Luke, or the gospel of Luke, starting in chapter 8, verse 26. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his lungs, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirits to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demons into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. 
When those tending the pig saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Though Hudhinit told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured, then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today, we're going to be looking at contrasts in the scriptures that have been read this morning. I'm going to point them out as we go along. And if I had to choose a chapter, a book, a chapter and a book of the Hebrew Bible, I, apart from the Psalms, the best part I would choose is 1 Kings chapter 18, which is the preceding chapter to what we've just heard read. Um, and this chapter needs to be known in order to understand 1 Kings 19. And in this chapter, 1 Kings 18, the king of Israel has been confronted by the prophet Elijah for his evil doings. And Roy, my husband Roy, is going to read that chapter now. Uh, this, is, this is from um, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning at verse 20. So the king, Ahab, sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on some wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood but put no fire under it. Then let them call on the names of their gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So the people answered and said, that's well spoken. Now the prophet said, now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves, and prepare it first, as you are many, 
and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he's meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves as with their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening service. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then he put the stones, with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two seers of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt offering and the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. So they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all the things according to your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifices and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it even licked up the water in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. These are the words from the word of the Lord. So in that preceding chapter, God was demonstrating who he is. I'd love to have been there and seen that scene. 
But the first contrast here is the power of God and the lack of power of Baal. The power of God through one man and the lack of power through 450 prophets of Baal. The first contrast, God just needed one man. But what happened after that? Well, we read in 1 Kings 19, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So who are these three people now? There's Ahab, Jezebel, and Elijah. Who are these ancient people? Well, Ahab was the king of Israel at the time. Jezebel was his wife. She was a princess. She was the daughter of the king of Sidon. And who was Elijah? A nobody. Note the contrast again. The backgrounds of these players here. A king, a queen, and a nobody. And Elijah's name means, my God is the Lord. How appropriate. And what did this great queen say to Elijah? So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I don't make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. After all that spectacular power, all that Elijah had seen of God's in that incredible fire from heaven, when she said that, he ran for his life. Why did he do that? Well, it says in verse 3, when he saw that. In other words, he saw in his mind what she was threatening to do. And it brought on a panic attack. Something had happened to him, to this great man of God, when she threatened him. It reminds me of a poem. It's a child's poem. You have to forgive me because I work in a school. But it's called The What If, and I'm sure we can all identify with it. Last night, while I lay thinking here, some what-ifs crawled inside my ear and pranced and parted all night long, and sang their same old what-if song. What if I'm dumb in school? What if they close the swimming pool? What if I get beat up? What if there's poison in my cup? What if I start to cry? What if I get sick and die? What if I flunk that test? What if green hair starts to grow on my chest? What if nobody likes me? What if a bolt of lightning strikes me? What if I don't grow any taller? What if my head starts getting smaller? What if the fish won't bite? What if the wind tears up my kite? What if my parents get divorced? What if the bus is late? What if my teeth don't grow straight? What if I tear my pants? What if I never learn to dance? Everything seems well, and then the nighttime what-ifs strike again. Have you ever experienced that? Have you lay in bed at night and heard them? <laughs> I'm sure you have, because I have. 
thinking the worst as we lie in bed at night, especially at 3 a.m.? What are your what-ifs? What comes into your mind at night? You can only imagine the what-ifs that filled Elijah's mind. I was going to make a poem up here, but I thought the line would be, what if Jezebel tortures me? That would probably be one of them. What did he do, Elijah, when he had a panic attack? Well, he ran for his life. And the first thing he did, he prayed to God that he might die. That's very interesting, since Jezebel was threatening to kill him. And then he was praying that he might die. So he was really not thinking straight. And when we're in a panic, we don't think straight. Have you been there? And he went then into total self-pity. He said, why, I'm no better than my father's. After that spectacular thing that happened when that fire came down from heaven and burned up the bull and the water and everything, he wavered in his faith and he went into depression. And what did the Lord do when he, this is the way he was talking to God. Did he say to him, Elijah, pull yourself together. Get a grip, man. Did he say, I'm really disappointed in you after what's happened yesterday. I'm so disappointed in you. Where's your faith? No, he didn't. The Lord spoke very kindly to him. And he sent an angel and gave him food. What a contrast. When we feel down, we often beat ourselves up, but the Lord always encourages us. And the Lord understand, understood Elijah's needs so well. He needed to go to sleep and he needed to eat. Do you know when I read that, I can so identify with it because I've been in a stressful job for many years. And very often, I've gone to bed at night and thought, I just can't go on. But you know what? I only needed a good night's sleep because everything looked different in the morning. And the Lord knew this about Elijah. He needed to go to sleep. So the Lord gave Elijah the gift of sleep and gave him food because his body was in need. God cares about our bodies. We can be so spiritually minded, too spiritually minded, actually. <laughs> we need to remember that God cares about our bodies. I once heard a testimony of someone. I was at a meeting once and someone stood up and gave this testimony about something that happened to him. He had this awful pain in his mouth and he had swollen gums. And every time he began to eat anything, he got this awful pain and his gums were swelling and red, and he felt terrible. Anyway, he asked people to lay hands on him and pray for him. And as he prayed, he heard this word, vitamin C. And he thought, that can't possibly be God. <laughs> so he asked people to lay hands on him again. He didn't tell them he'd heard that word. But later on, when he got home and he, he was still in pain, he thought, what was the first thing that happened when I prayed? Vitamin C. So he went and bought vitamin C and his gums healed up and he was better. God uses sometimes the ordinary. 
We don't have to be super spiritual. We shouldn't be always expecting the spectacular. And Elijah was beating himself up, and the angel of God spoke kindly to him. There was the scripture that was read was get up and eat, but in the New King James it says arise and eat, which I think sounds so much better. Arise and eat, Elijah. So he was given this food. It was, must have been some food because it says he went in that food for 40 days and 40 nights. I'd like to have seen what that food was. Elijah then hides in a cave. Ever been there? He couldn't face the world. He wanted to be on his own. He didn't want to talk to anybody. So he went in this cave. And in the cave, he hears the voice of God. And he asks him a question. What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, what a kind question to ask him. God didn't say, where's your faith, Elijah? He just said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And what does Elijah answer? He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts. The children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I am alone and left, and, and now they're going to be seeking my life. He had forgotten the power of God. It was all about him. We can be like that. It's all about me. But Elijah actually was not telling the truth to God. Actually, he was afraid of Jezebel. You know, there's nothing better than coming before God and having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with him and telling him the truth. The Lord knows anyway, so we need to speak it out. And this trial and this suffering came to him. And like us, he was shocked and panicked. So why are we so shocked when trials and tribulations come to us? Why are we so in such a state? Why is this happening to me? The apostle Peter deals with this. In 1 Peter, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the, say, in the faith, listen, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we need to remind ourselves when we're struggling and suffering that it's not unique. The same sufferings are experienced by our brothers and sisters all over the world, probably more so than we are, but we all have our own trials and tribulations and sufferings. It isn't anything unique. It may be unique to us. But why are we so surprised by it? Because we were never created for suffering. We were created for blessings. But we live in a fallen world. Elijah had seen God operate in the spectacular with the prophets of Baal. And so he was then probably expecting the spectacular. But the Lord was not, it says in the reading, in the earthquake. He was not in the wind. He was not in the fire. God spoke as he does to all of us quietly. 
in the still small voice, the delicate whispering voice. Another contrast in this, the shouts and the threats of the enemy and the still small voice of God. The enemy always shouts and threatens and God encourages us and his voice is quiet. Really, a person with real authority doesn't need to shout, do they? <laughs> if you've got authority, you don't need to raise your voice. People listen. Have we here today, can we testify that we've heard the whisper of God? The whisper of truth? The whisper of love? The whisper of authority? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. His voice is gentle. His voice is quiet. His voice is reassuring. God is with us. And twice the Lord asked Elijah the same question. What are you doing here, Elijah? If we were quiet today, what question do you think God would be asking you today? The voice of the enemy threatens us in many different forms. And our defense is Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this I will be confident. This is a powerful proclamation to say when the enemy starts roaring and putting fear on us. This is really a powerful psalm. It says, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. So now going on to the gospel reading, Jesus in that reading is confronted by a man totally demonized. And the demons speak to Jesus and tell him that they are a legion. In other words, we're an army. He, this man was demonized with an army of demons. What a fearful sight that must have been. You know what? Jesus was not impressed. I can imagine in his thoughts, he went, so? <laughs> we're a legion. We're an army, they said to him. I can imagine he thought, so? God was not impressed by the prophets of Baal when they shouted and cut themselves. Jesus was not impressed by an army of demons. His concern instead was for the demonized man that he be set free. Contrast, an army of demons and the person of Jesus. The demons were wreaking havoc, and Jesus was bringing peace and healing. What I found interesting about that passage is the power of that man's free will. Because when Jesus came to the shore, that man was full of demons, and they couldn't hold him back from running to Jesus. 
Imagine that army of demons holding him back, but they couldn't. That was the powers of his free will. An army of demons could not hold him back. The enemy wants us to feel powerless and helpless. That's another tactic. But we are not powerless and helpless when we cry out to God. Peter tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We need to remind ourselves the Lord is not impressed by the roaring lion. And he was not impressed with an army of demons. He was not impressed with the threats of Jezebel. Jezebel was an idolater. She was power hungry. She sought to destroy everyone who crossed her. But God is with us. Paul reminds us, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. If God is for us, who can be against us? We can read in 1 Kings 18 and we can see the spectacular and we can be in awe of Elijah. What a man of God he was. In fact, we sing a song, don't we? These are the days of Elijah. But James, in the book of James, he tells us something very interesting about Elijah. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly and it would not rain and it didn't rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced fruit. Isn't that reassuring? Elijah was no different to us. And yet the Lord did the spectacular through his prayers. And yet James says he was no different to us. So let us be encouraged and know the full understanding that God is with us. And I want to now say the final contrast, the ending of Elijah and the ending of Jezebel. Elijah left this earth in a chariot of fire. Jezebel was eaten by dogs. The demons in the gospel reading went into pigs and ran violently down a steep place into a lake and drowned. Interestingly, the Bible says the devil and his angels will finish up in a lake of fire. But that demon-possessed man was healed, clothed in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus, and went away with joy, proclaiming the wonders of what Jesus had done for him. We as believers have an incredible hope and a future, and let's constantly remind ourselves of that. Let's not allow the enemy to impress us, but let us be those who are thoroughly impressed with the power of God. Let's pray. Dear God, help us to be the people who are preoccupied with you, preoccupied with your power, preoccupied with your love, with your grace. Help us to face every trial and tribulation, every difficult situation with the truth that you are with us. We are not alone. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. 
You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you, and blessings from the City of the King.